Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. Powered by BetsBurst, we are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. And for a little Friday fun, we bring in Matthew Rooney. But I want to go back to you, Andy, because you're taking next week off. Where the hell are you going? Up north. That's, uh, Matt's, this is like what Matt does too. Like you go to the cabin, right? That's a thing. Yeah. So you do in the Midwest, you go to the cabin. I'm going up north, 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 up to the lake, uh, the big lake they call Gitchagumi. It is the, uh, just, is that uh, a real name? Well, that's, that's what, uh, that's what the, the native name for Lake Superior gotcha. was. I'm not sure if you've ever heard the song. Gotcha. Okay. Matt. Did not know that. Did not yeah, know that. They think I've, they think I've created this long playlist to uh, travel up north. It is just the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald on repeat for six hours. Like, I'm gonna, we're going to pound that history into them as we go up there. These kids are like, oh, we're going swimming. No, nah, it's cold. It's not really a lake. It's like an ocean. But should be fun. Going to do a lot of outdoorsy shit and uh, see some lighthouses and what so nots. But it is just a nice decompress in between trips to Vegas and right before the grind of the NFL season, which bleeds into the grind of the college basketball season, which gr- bleeds into the grind of next year's golf season. So it's never ending grind guys, grind, 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 rise and grind. I didn't even have coffee today and look how grindy I am already. I don't have All night in the lab again, but uh, I digress. Yes, I will be gone next week. There'll be a God knows. I didn't, I don't even care. Whoever, whoever <laughs> wants to be on, be on, just ha- have some brown bag bets, give out some bets, DJ on some shit. You guys in the chat, Show up, support, support things. Let me know how it went when I get back. I won't. I, I don't know if I'll watch, but uh, no. Gone next <laughs> someone week, will be here that. to give you bets next week. So be mostly the giving Matt and I. Maybe we'll have some friends on. We'll see. I'm I'm gonna take Friday off too. So you know, just gonna be a mess. People will be wagering. Brown bags will be bet. Don't worry about that. There's always something to bet on. That's the beauty yeah. of it. Speaking That's of beauty, which, sports betting. How's the golf going? Yesterday, I had, uh, again, I said I had five, I think, daily matchups. Went three and two, which pays the bills. I don't lay a ton of juice. You know, I'm not ever going to lay like minus 200. So if I went three and two every day for the rest of my life, I would call that a, a life well lived. And it's, I guess it's the goal again today because I did place five again. If you're ever in the Petsports Golf Discord, you got to see that. It looks like three have started. Two are leading, one is trailing by a single stroke. Let's go uh, Russell Henley over Keith Mitchell. I ran that one back, as I often will on Thursdays and Friday. Play the same one again, which makes it awful easy in my tracking sheet. Like, oh, I'm just going to change the date on this. The names are uh, a same to protect the innocent, but I do have one that starts a little later. And honestly, I'll tell you this. I played Smalley over Straka, but that starts, like, right to bleep now. So um, that, that one is going now. But later on today in the afternoon, I did play a matchup of one of the guys who played some of the worst golf yesterday in Tony Finau. And that's, I mean, that's the tough part about golf and betting on golf. This is perhaps the hottest golfer on the planet over the last month. He is a long hitter on a course that really rewards people who hit the ball long. And he just had a couple of bad holes and shot like six over yesterday. He's almost dead last. He's really, really, he really, really had a, a poor Thursday. Now, normally, you got to look at some of the, I don't know, maybe motivational factors around 
a guy like this with a big tournament on the horizon and hey uh, on a normal th- friday it's like well, like buddy you're not making the cut like what's the point of uh backing you this is a no cut event and everybody gets paid and there's a ton of money there is every incentive in the world for him to shake it off a lot of times you'll see this where a, a top player any player has a bad thursday and just kind of goes out there and goes through the motions on Friday because they ain't making the cut. They ain't getting a check, but uh, it's it's a bad, bad, bad way to start a tournament. But he has three days to slowly chip away at that. And even if you find yourself in the middle of the pack, or you know, you can make yourself a couple hundred grand by uh, moving up this leaderboard. Fino is, I, he's unflappable at this point. It's not like he's sitting there running down with a lead, as we often joked about, where he struggled with in the past, uh, protecting a lead. I, I don't, I don't think this course was what caused problems. He just had a bad day, and that happens in golf. So, I got him and Justin Thomas rated essentially the same with everything except for form. Like I have Finau as the better player in recent and kind of middle term form. I have Finau as a, a nice long hitter on a course that does. Again, reward things like that. So getting him at plus 112, that's a number that's still there. Uh, I bet this at BetOnline slash Lovig this morning. I I would think this should be minus 110 both ways. Like getting plus 112 felt like a little gift. So give me Tony Finau over JT. <clears throat> and then uh, he was one of my outrights too. The best part about that, I took four outrights. I don't know. Maybe did I give him out on the sheet? I did. I gave these out on you Wednesday. You mentioned them quickly. I, I think you did give them I gave, out. I gave him out on Wednesday, it looks like, in the sheet. And Three of them shot really nice four unders yesterday. And One of them that was great because they're a, a shot or, or three off the lead and the people ahead of them aren't real like threats. And then Tony Fino shoots six under or six over. So I've got three, three tickets and then I've got Tony kind of just hanging out in my sheet, looking at me like, Oh yeah, that's a, there's a hundred bucks. You're not getting back buddies, but such as life, so we will cheer for we'll cheer for Tony, but boy, Xander, Morikawa, or Young, if one of those guys could win the tournament, what a way to start vacation Sunday would be um having an outright hit. Was it Siwoo Kim who was five over through seven yesterday? And I saw you tweeting about him. He had a somebody he had a, was he had he had a nine on a par four. Ah, yes, okay, he so did. that's what it was. <clears throat> okay. So yes, yesterday I bet Where against did he him. At? Uh, it wasn't. Oh, good for you. Seven over. I, I, was, yeah. I thought by your tweet you might have bet on him. No, I, I'll send those two. But yeah, he is dead last. He is a shot behind Tony. 68th place out of 68. And that was the case. I took Mito Pereira in a matchup. Mito went out and shot three over, but he still won that matchup by four strokes because it was against Siwoo. So a single hole sometimes is enough to make you some money. I like what you said, though, about Finau and the fact that this is a no-cut event. I wonder if there's a little inefficiency in the market wrapped around that, where, again, like you'd have a lot of guys who just kind of tank today because they're going to next week, but there is no next week and there is no cut. So if he's going to bail, he just quits, right? And he wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's just like, hey, get, you know, normally it's just get through these 18 holes. Like, <clears throat> you're not making the cut. You're not playing this weekend. You're not cashing a check. Just go use this as a, a spot to maybe try some stuff out, and that's fine. But, like, yeah, Finau is fifth in the FedEx standings. He's there's zero chance he's <clears throat> you know it, he could finish dead last and he's still moving on to the the finals. 
but I mean, the, there's still a lot of money to be made and a lot of golf to play this weekend. If, unless he withdraws, he has to play another 54 holes. So why not go out there and try to fix some things today? I saw, I think he'll play at least decent today. Let's hope. Cause that's my pick. Now, one of my favorite questions to ask you, Matt is, is there afternoon baseball? And almost never is afternoon baseball on Friday, but today, Matt, the, is there afternoon baseball? It's the one redeeming quality about the <laughs> Chicago Cubs organization is that they play Friday day games at home and they are at home today on a Friday. So that means we have a 120 start, 220 start for you, 120 start for me. And of course, I'm going to have a pick for it because I, I, I'm always going to give you a day baseball pick. We have it. Uh, I actually did some research this morning. Credit me. Uh, went out onto AccuWeather.com, checked to see which way the wind was blowing uh, in Chicago today up north at Wrigley Field. The wind is blowing southwest, which means the wind is blowing in at Wrigley. And usually on those day games when the wind's blowing in on Fridays, you see a lot of baseballs that look like they're way gone, and they end up about 10 feet short of the warning track. Um, we have also two pitchers throwing today who aren't uh, fantastic, but Keegan Thompson has been really good at home for the Cubs' his last few starts. I think quality starts in both of his last two. Uh, Aaron Ashby thrown for, for uh, Milwaukee has quality starts in three of his last four, despite not the greatest season. So we're going to roll the dice here with uh, two teams who have also been playing some lower scoring games as of late. The Cubs just beat the Orioles three to two yesterday. The Brewers played a relatively low scoring series with the Dodgers. Um, wind blowing in at Wrigley on day baseball. I guess let's root for some really funny looking long shots that end up being about 10, 10 yards, or, excuse me, 10 feet short of the wall. So we're going to go under the nine and a half there at minus 114. Uh, and then the Guardians and White Sox kick off, kick off a three-game series here. Big one for both of them. Um, I'm going to take the Guardians' first half result, uh, plus 110 versus the White Sox, which we talked about on Tuesday. It means they have to be winning. Uh, if, if you want the money line, I believe that's about minus 120 for the Guardians, but I took the value at plus 110. Uh, so Cleveland to be winning after the first half. Uh, the Sox are coming off a decent 2-2 split at home against Houston, uh, but the offense was a little bit slow. Yeah, that last game was decent. Well, yeah, you know, when you know you have an important series coming up, you just kind of let the bullpen, you, you kind of punt with the bullpen, which is exactly what Tony LaRusso did. He hung Gio out to dry because he needs to save the bullpen and threw out Vince Velasquez and Jose Ruiz, who are nothings. Um, so the bullpen's fully familiar. rested for the White Sox. Vince Velasquez, former Philly. Ah. There you go. Wasn't very bad, good. Then. He isn't very good here, which bad. is why he threw three in. It's why he threw three innings when they were down 10 runs late yesterday. Uh, but 2-2 two, two split against the, the Astros. Famous. Even the, the two games the Sox won were come from behind late. Um, and they were, you know, 3-2, three, 4-3 three wins. So it, they were lower scoring games. They're rallying the offense late. Sox aren't hitting very well with runners in scoring position. So even if they're getting those early, I, I, I trust Cleveland with Tristan McKenzie on the mound, who's been pretty good. Um, I think this one's a, a close game late, but I'm going to take Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Guardians first half result. I just think there's too good a value, especially with how up and down Lance Lynn has been all season. And then in that same game, I'm going to take Eloy Jimenez, uh, two-plus hits. He's been really good in August. He's hitting over 400. He has multi-hit games in nine of his 18 outings uh, so far this month. Uh, and I was at two of the games the the last series here with Houston, watched his bats pretty closely. And his, his approach right now uh, – is arguably as good as anybody's approach on the White Sox at the plate. Not that that's saying much because their approaches haven't been great all year, but he's seeing pitches. He's seeing a lot of pitches. He hasn't been chasing the uh, the sliders low and away. He's been really patient, waiting for his selections, which is why he's hitting 400 or over 400 in the month of August. Uh, so plus 230, let's take him. Two plus hits. He's hitting third in the lineup, or at least has been the last you know week or so. So I expect that to still continue. Uh, he'll get plenty of chances, and um, yeah, 
him two plus hits plus 230 love the value i love that he's kind of like serrano can't hit the breaking ball as long as he lays off jesus christ can't hit a curveball (laughs) i hope it's one of my favorite lines in any movie i don't have (laughs) enough time to watch all the movies i say i want to watch but that's what i'm saying i hope it rains while i'm on vacation because i am gonna watch some damn movies um yeah still also they're classics still a little anxiety about i don't get anxiety over anything i did not log out of netflix at the last airbnb Airbnb i was at that's tough i know like are they just are they laughing at what i'm watching i don't know they're just looking at my history just look at this asshole you might be able to log out of it from like i should i'm gonna try that now actually while you're talking about tennis because i already bet this stuff because you put it in the sheets and i i actually bet more aggressively than you on the uh one of these uh maybe you can explain what a ladder is because i laddered this shit (laughs) yeah down to down to skinny city for um the final it's quarterfinal time skinny city Skeddy. Oh, Skeddy. I don't like because they have that shitty Skeddy. Skeddy City. Um, I have a noodles and chili. It's a strange place. Yeah. Also, I kind of hope I'm not going to cheer against your first one, but if it lost because Sabalinka beat the shit out of Zhang, I wouldn't hate that either. I may have a future on her. So, what's uh, what's cracking down there in uh, the Queen City, Northern Kentucky? Tennis rolls on. Four matches today. One is underway. Madison Keys looks like she's going to put away the first sense against Rybakina. Go ahead and grab Rybakina live. I actually played her at a nice number. Um, she actually kind of has the history of letting the first set go when she's down and kind of settling and, and readjusting herself. I think she, she has a good chance here to take care of Keys if, if she can straighten things up a little bit. So I'm looking at like plus 280. Go ahead and sprinkle that live. But for later this afternoon, we will start with Sabalanka Zhang. Um, that's going to be up around 3.30 and just over two and a half sets here. I know a lot of times I take the over total games as well as the over two and a half sets, but this was one of the rare times where I continued to look at it. And I think it's really hard to do the correlation in Sabalika matches for this, given her ability to lose sets from seemingly nowhere to be incredibly far ahead to lose a set and then come back and win the next two, six, one, six, two, something like that. You're looking at a lot of situations where even in three set matches, you might actually have some of these totals go under. And if they're two set matches, they go way under. So instead of taking over 20 and a half, over 21, which is just about right where I had it, the two and a half sets I found plus 165 or better. I found a plus 170 looks great to me here. Both of these women, again, can be very competitive, know how to take advantage um, of players and, and, you know, know how to adjust and, raise their game really as matches goes on. Zhang a little more cl- clever and more of an aptitude way where she can, she'll find a way to crack into Sabalenka possibly at some point and steal a set, whereas Sabalenka really settles down, turns up the power, starts keeping things inside the lines. It should be a really interesting match and kind of dichotomies of styles a little bit, but give me just the over two and a half sets there. If you have just the over of the total, that's fine. Um, but the two and a half sets here look like it was much better to me. And then a bit of a Tom Lianovich. And Andy's talking about a ladder. Our buddy Snyes loves to call them ladders. He's a big fan of these. You might know it as a stack. But instead of just taking the bet, take a unit or a unit and a half and break it up into little pieces and bet a little bit on the bet and then sell all the way up. So, you know, say, for example, like you were looking at betting an NFL underdog plus seven. Take some plus seven, take some plus four, take some plus three, sprinkle a little money line, stack it all the way down. And in this case, Kovinovich, Tomlianovich, I'm going to take the first set over nine and a half. This was um, standard juice or better. If you poke around, there's some plus money out there. And what Andy's talking about doing is they'll just take the nine and a half, take some over ten and a half, 
takes them over 12 and a half. Um, there is no 11 and a half in tennis. It's impossible to have 11 games. So don't be confused. It's nine and a half, 10 and a half, 12 and a half. And again, split it up a little bit. You get some nice prices here. Uh, these are two women that really push sets. They're both pretty solid servers. They've been holding a lot. These courts have been really conducive to tiebreakers. I was poking around. I hope to find, yes, there will be a tiebreaker in this match somewhere. Maybe I'll just take tiebreaker first set or something. But all of those are really good looks. And yeah, the first set, nine and a half. I think this total probably closes pretty close to 22, which means, again, this first set should be closer to 10, not nine and a half at a fairly cheap price from what I saw earlier. So Zhang Sabalenka, over two and a half sets, a play that at plus 160 or better. Kvitova Tomlianovich. First set over nine and a half games would honestly play that minus 15 or better. What price would you need for tiebreaker? Yes. Plus 250. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say bet us has this usually if you click on their props, but the, the prices are never great. Like I think you're getting about two to one. So, and then, uh, as you mentioned before, Keys did finish double break. First set, won that eight in eight games, 6-2. I took a little over 20 and a half. I like it's that. It's essentially, you know, Rabikina gets to the tiebreaker or wins the second set. So let's uh, let's go three here. Or at least get me to a tiebreaker. If you did want some uh, Rabikina, it's like plus 250 for her. She was plus 245 right now. She was uh, about minus 150 to start that match. She was a, a decent size favorite. I want to say Keys was about plus 120. But, uh, yeah, all day long Cincinnati and then head out to Vancouver. And, my God, Matt, we make fun of you enough for your homer takes on the, this one's the not white side. A homer take. This one's actually well thought out. Hear me That's out. true. He's not I, technically from Indiana. I'm not. I know, but this he's one, a, This one's from He's well, an Irish okay. fan. No, 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 Andy, 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 college football expert. Then tell me why we should take under eight and a half wins for Notre Dame. No, I'm, I'm, I'm Notre Dame, and everybody always said they were on Notre Dame. I can't name a single player. Like, I just want to. If, if Notre, if Notre, uh, I was going to get into this, and we can, just, we can go now. to the Let's graphic go. now. Yeah, I'm saying my, my college football win total like is Notre this Dame right over now. eight and a half wins. If uh, if Notre Dame was at nine or nine and a half, I would not touch it. I would not. Uh, I was looking for some value because I was interested in this total. FanDuel has that. Look at the, the part of the reason why I like it. Um, FanDuel has this like minus 140. DraftKings is like minus 145. I go to Caesars. I found it at minus 115. I thought that's a really good value for the over eight and a half. Notre Dame has three really big marquee matchups. Ohio State, which they're in all likelihood going to lose. The next two, though, uh, at, they, they get Clemson at home, who I told you I like their over 10 and a half wins. It's by far Clemson's biggest game of the year, but last time kind of those two teams had a similar matchup at Notre Dame Stadium. Notre Dame did win. The fact that Notre Dame has it at home means that's Clemson's still going to be favored, but it's going to be a winnable game for Notre Dame. And I talked about the other day how I don't buy into the hype train of USC. While I think they're good, I think it's a little bit too early to be buying into them this early. And, and Notre Dame's third biggest game is at USC to close out the season. The rest of the schedule... Not really all that difficult. Stanford's down. They do have to go to Syracuse, I believe, which is always a tricky place to play, but Syracuse isn't very good. Uh, North Carolina's kind of in a, in a weird transition stage. They have to go to North Carolina, but Notre Dame's the better team there. Notre Dame returns a lot of starters on the offensive line. They're expected to have a very good offensive line again. Tyler Buckner, who won the quarterback job, it was 
said as a like toss up, you know, entering the camp as anybody's job. And Notre Dame like tweeted a video two days into camp how he won the job. So that was always just kind of a, a stage thing. But he's having a very good camp. The defense returns like eight or nine starters slash contributors, whatever you want to call them, and brings in uh, Brandon Joseph from Northwestern, who is an all Big Ten, all American safety. Uh, the year they went to the Big Ten championship there. So there's a lot of talent. The one place that they're not going to be all that skilled is receiver, which is why they're going to have trouble scoring with teams like Ohio State. But they should be able to run the football this year. They have one of the two best tight ends in college football, and Michael Mayer. It's him and and Brock Bowers from Georgia. Um, Looking at their schedule outside of those big three games, I mentioned that the toughest team is home against Boston College, who is uh, Phil Dracovic, their quarterback, former Notre Dame kid. He's pretty solid player he's going to be a pro prospect but that team's not all that good like outside of no outside of excuse me uh ohio state clemson usc the rest of the games it's it's tough for me to see them dropping one and i know it's it's a new head coach and you know brian kelly was very good at beating the teams he should beat we're not sure what marcus freeman's going to do there but the rest of the coaching staff is pretty similar uh tommy reese brings pretty much the same offense as brian kelly with with a few tweaks there it's a lot of continuity for a program with a brand new head coach, a lot of returning players. And I think that's the one theme I've had in most of my, my over win totals is returning players, returning contributors. And Notre Dame has a lot of those. So if this is at nine, if FanDuel has the 10 plus regular season win prop, would not touch it. But the fact that I found the eight and a half at minus 115, I like that over. I, I think they're probably a nine and three team this year. They're not going to be, it's very unlikely they're a playoff contender. Um, but uh, eight and five, or excuse me. Nine and three for the over eight and a half. I, I do like it that minus one fifteen number close to even. I was a fairly nice Annapolis. Was was no, that's okay. We can bet on that one. You can you we can no, split money. I, I, will, I think I think Navy's win total is like five. Actually, you know yeah, what? It, it is funny. Like of the lap the late season, those are tougher places to play against shitty teams, Carrier Dome and Annapolis, mm-hmm. and then Clemson is, you know, in there. We'll see how, if Clemson is elite. That's Syracuse, probably a loss. I want this to Syracuse come down. I want this to be spot. sweaty. I want them to be Syracuse is a sneaky to... spot with Clemson being the week after going to yeah. the Carrier Dome, coming you know with Clemson um, uh, the, the following week, and you know you have a new head coach, and it's. I think he's going to be a very good coach. He's already proven he's a very good recruiter. We'll see how if he can coach football, but like. That's a, that's a tough spot for kids to not kind of be a look-ahead spot. It's probably going to be like a maybe 500 Syracuse team at best. But uh, I just – I don't know. I, I think if they can go, you know, one and two in those Clemson-Ohio State-USC games, which I think is very doable, uh, maybe steal one from Clemson at home if Clemson isn't quite as good as we – is more of last year's Clemson than the one we think they could be this year. The the path for nine and three is very much there, and that's why with the value of minus 115, I just like the over. If they now, beat, was that well thought out enough? That wasn't a homer take. If they beat Clemson, they one million percent lose to Navy. Letdown spot of the century against a against a service academy at at Annapolis. That's a dead spot. But it's a I veteran. Just want, it's I just it's not like a young, be, talented team. It's like it's a veteran. Navy first half starters back. I, I just, Navy first Navy half. First I like. There you go. That's. That I just would want be them to be eight and three heading to Los Angeles heading in last week to make it sweaty. Well then, I'd yeah, hedge some USC money line. Yeah, you could take some USC. They would they would be favored for sure, and and, and unless USC just had this wild turnaround. Unless USC were... just blows us out of the water and exceeds expectations, and the and every I don't I don't see that happening until until next year. But uh, yeah, and yeah, we talked about on Tuesday. I talked about on Tuesday or last week, Andy, when you weren't here. USC, USC the, the 
it was their, their win totals, I think nine and a half. And I, I think it was plus money to take the under close to plus money. I think they're a nine and three or eight and 14, but nine and a half. I mean, they got to be pretty much perfect outside of uh, the Utah and the Notre Dame game, which it's a bad defense. It's a okay at best offensive line. And as good as Caleb Williams is as good as Jordan Addison is, you need offensive line and defense to be pretty perfect outside of those tough games. And I just, I see them slipping up somewhere. Yeah. I, I haven't heard a smart person say, you know, like USC is going to make a run at the playoffs or no wildly over in the next five I, years. I, they'll I know be a lot of, yeah. A lot of people are bullish on them for like next year, the year after say like, mm-hmm. this is a good, a good building. Absolutely. So. But yeah, I guess all right. Notre Dame over eight and a half. Well, that was well. You can to... admit it was well thought out, even though you like to give me crap for being a homer. Yeah, I, well it was not homer. Yeah, I, I look forward to my well thought out bets next week on Fenwick and Wesleyan overs. Those aren't going to be. Fenwick could be tough. Those are going to be hard. Fenwick's coming off a state championship, though, Andy. They are. I do remember that. The Friars are coming off a state title, so we can go way under the total this year, and we're still happy. I'm still happy as no longer. I don't. I I actually, I, I probably tend to agree, just because, man, Notre Dame's like UNLV, Cal, UNC, BYU is going to be a big one. like really, they got BYU in Vegas. It's like that Shamrock Series game. That's going to be a tough one because BYU's record might not be great because they have a tough schedule, but that's going to be really tough. It's a tough place to play. You know. 20 it's 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 actually that's the one in vegas um if you win one ohio state ohio state clemson usc if you win one of those three games you're going over the eight and a half like yeah that's kind of my thinking and i do think they'd be impossible and they could lose all three and still go over it'd be almost impossible to fuck up the rest of the season that bad if you win one of those three games against your three top opponents and honestly they probably can beat usc late so they might not even need it at that point so oh, I just like to well, I just like to keep you honest. I know, but I I just I'm sticking to my guns here. That wasn't that wasn't like some of my White Sox minus one and a half homer takes. That one was a well thought out. And honestly, at minus one forty, like I wouldn't take the over eight and a half because it's just not worth it at that point. But at minus one fifteen, that's a pretty good price. Yeah, especially in I mean, it brings up a final point for me before I go on vacation. Shop around on even this shit. Like, you know, we talked about prop props, especially and- this stuff. Props and futures and award markets are all over the board all the time. Like when I got that Pickens number, and again, they, they didn't let you bet a lot, but the whole world's Pickens like 15 or 20 to one and a certain offshore book still had 50. Like that stuff happens all the time. But even with these win totals, like Matt's saying, there's places where it's a full game off from one book to the other. When I bet the Bears under, there was places that were minus 160 to the under I went and found a place that had minus one ten. You know, just it's, even the ju- you know, the ju- if you're gonna invest in a season long bet like that, uh try not to pay that much juice, guys. Yeah, do the price shopping. If for whatever reason with the college football ones, I feel like Caesars is usually given the the, the best value on most of them. Not that you know, FanDuel and DraftKings at MGM you'll find the best prices sometimes, but I feel like for whatever reason Caesars is the the one where I've gone to the most and been like, huh. Why is that that low compared to everywhere else? So that's just a tip. Take a look there. Take a peek. Appreciate you, Matt. Appreciate you, Noobs. Appreciate you, Producer Dan, the YouTube crowd, the podcast crowd, everybody. It's like a, this is like a hard goodbye. And it's only for a week. It's Enjoy not your vacation. We'll miss you. It's It'll not goodbye. Okay. It's just see you later. Yeah, no, I'm going to go have yeah. some fun. Uh, you guys, like I said, be nice next week while I'm not here. Behave. I won't be able to check it all the time. 
not you guys, like the the audience. I don't want to see, I don't want to oh, see the sex well, spots. Too. I don't want to see the sex spots in the YouTube chat, guys. So keep that out of there. Just all right. Pictures. Hit the thumbs up, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>